Hello. I have an invitation to tea with the Queen. Yes, Emma's been expecting you. Please come in. I think that we just massively underestimate, especially as women, our own capability and awesomeness. And it, it's changed. It's changed my life completely. Yeah. Sometimes I think you go through this journey as a business owner and think you're a bit crazy. You're like, who am I to have this dream? Well, I just think women are hard on themselves. I wish I had been more confident in what I was capable of. But I feel like you do what feels right for you, then that's going to be always on brand. Women, our natural inclination is to be pleasers and to put other people before self. I've never had a tea with the Queen before and this is such a pleasure. <laughs> Hello, I'm Emma McQueen and welcome to Tea with the Queen. If you have your own business, how do you get it to the top of search in Google? Much of it comes down to how much effort you've put into your SEO, that is Search Engine Optimization. If you're scratching your head wondering what that's all about, then let me introduce you to Kristen Lowry. She's a guru SEO copywriter. She helps businesses produce engaging content for websites, the stuff that Google rewards highly. That's not all she does. She's a ghostwriter, a proofreader, and a book editor. If you're thinking of writing a book and if you're a business owner, you should absolutely write one. Kristen's your gal. I trust you'll enjoy this chat. Hello, Kristen. Welcome to Tea with the Queen. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, tell us, let's, let's start with a big question and maybe an obvious one, maybe not, but what is an SEO copywriter? Yes, I get this question an awful lot. Most people have a fair understanding of what a copywriter is, although not always, but an SEO copywriter is sort of a special niche within the copywriting world. And it's a person like myself who writes content that is not only appealing for humans, but also helps Google to better drive traffic to your website. So it kind of straddles this technical, creative realms, which I really love. And yeah, it gives you the best of both worlds. I love that. And for years, and I still now say, you know, why is CEO important? <laughs> but oh, my kids say that too. My mom's a CEO. <laughs> I go, mom's not a CEO. <laughs> well, she's just me over her own business, but. <laughs> yes, that's, I guess that's true. Mom's a CEO, sure. <laughs> so tell us, why is SEO important for business? So SEO is, I mean, of course, I am biased, but <laughs> I'll just can't put that caveat out there. But no, SEO is one of the best marketing tools that you have, any business owner has in their arsenal. Uh, there's a few reasons for that. One of which is that you own your website. Your website is yours as compared to, say, some social media sites where one day you may wake up and it's not there any longer, it's not supported any longer, or perhaps they've changed the algorithm and you're not able to get your post seen in the same way that you once were. And unlike that, your website is yours. Any work you do on there is going to stay on there. No one can really take it away from you and it belongs to you. There's a lot of other little things that make SEO fantastic, one of which is that it has a lot of longevity. So when you put resources into it, 
It will last you a long time. You will see results from that over over a long period of time. And when you do it right, you are leveraging the most powerful marketer in the world, Google. And that's, that's it's not something to sneeze at. You know, when you can use Google to prove your authority and prove that you are an expert in an area, there's just no way to beat that. You can build so much brand awareness, give so much authority out into the world to show them that you are who you are and that you can be trusted. I love that. Kristen, tell me, how do you get businesses to rank higher in Google? It's one of those things. It's a quite a simple process, really, when you are nutting it out, but doing it can take some skill and time. So the first thing is to do is to make sure that you have a user-friendly website. That is the most important element. I will stand up here and say, content, content, content. But if your website is not user-friendly, don't bother with content. (laughs) There's no, you know. So the first thing is to either get a wonderful web designer, a web developer, someone who can really make your website feel great to a user when they come on. Very intuitive and very easy to use. Then the second element is to have well-written content. It's one thing to write for Google, but you must first always write for humans. They're the ones whose problem you're solving. They're the ones that you want as clients or customers or to buy your products. They're the one you really need to cater to in the first place. Once you do all that, then you can get into the nitty gritty of targeting keywords, optimizing your site, doing those kind of SEO elements that really drive the traffic itself. I mean, you make it sound very simple. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, if you are like me and you love outsourcing, it's not that complicated. (laughs) You get a great web developer, you get a great content writer, you get a great SEO or someone who can do both. And then and then from there, your fourth step is to keep writing, keep producing content. Most of us will be doing that as part of our marketing anyway, whether it's blog writing, whether it's LinkedIn articles. But as long as you're producing content and getting it up on that website, then you're in a great position going forward. And Google, bless its heart, changes the rules and algorithms all the time, as does Instagram and Facebook. Thanks. We love you guys. Um, (laughs) Tell me, how do you keep on top of all of that? You know, I do keep on top of it through there's several ways. One, I belong to a lot of mastermind groups on social media and in other areas. And I follow and read what experts are writing so that I make sure I know what's happening in the industry. Google does a lot of releases themselves and their managing directors will do social media posts about what's going on and answer questions. I follow that. There are other experts like Rand Fishkin, who's an excellent person to get the nitty gritty. But the biggest thing that you have to remember when, when you get an announcement from the media that, oh no, Google's made an algorithm update, it's going to mean that all of our traffic is going to tank, is that Google's updates are designed for one thing, and that is to make sure that they are delivering the best results for a search. So if you're a person sitting down and you're going, I want to find the dentist with the smallest hands in Brisbane, or whatever your search is. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to try that later. <laughs> then, then you type that into Google, and Google's main job is to make sure they give you the information that you need to get the best results for yourself. If they give you bad information, if they send you to a strange website that has nothing to do with your search or doesn't get you the value you need, 
you're going to go use Bing or, you know, Yahoo or something else. So their whole goal is to make sure they're getting you the best information they can. As an SEO and a copywriter, our job is just to make sure that we are providing that value. Everything else is kind of gravy. So as long as you're doing the things that you need to do to become the expert on your website, an algorithm change isn't really going to affect you. Maybe for you know, a, a week, you might see a little dip while things shake out, but mostly when you're doing things the way that you're meant to, you're going to be okay in the end. Got it. Got it. Google ads, are they worth it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am not an expert on Google ads. That's not really my niche, but I will tell you this, Google ads fill this important need of generating revenue and clients before SEO starts working. So you can think of SEM or ads as the hunting part of your marketing strategy. When you don't have anything else, you run out there, you kill a few (laughs) goats, I don't know what you hunt for, and you bring them back and you have food to eat. SEO, on the other hand, is like planting a garden. You put the elements in place It takes a little while to start generating, but once it does, you can eat for a long time. So both elements, they work hand in hand. They're fantastic together. So I would definitely consider Google Ads or any kind of SEM search engine marketing work, which is sort of those paid paid social media elements. But together, they work really well. And it's also fantastic to use if you're launching a new offer, you're starting a new campaign, something where you sort of need that immediate word getting out versus putting SEO into effect. That just takes a little bit longer to get going, but gives you a lot of longevity. On the other hand, once you turn off your ads, that's it. You don't get any more back from that. So together, they fill both of those areas, I think, and work very well together. Got it. Tell us, what's your background and what did you study at uni? Oh, so I originally, well, I'm from America. No, no. (laughs) Yes, surprise, surprise. So my first, in America, to become a lawyer, you need to do a second degree, a a postgrad degree. So my original undergraduate degree, which is a four-year degree, was a writing degree. And that's sort of what I've leveraged off now for my current career. But after that, I went to law school and I became a lawyer and I practiced at a New York law firm and then here in Sydney for um, for quite a few years before deciding it was time to try something new, <laughs> second career time. And that's how I got into back into the writing side of things and started doing the, the work to learn about SEO. I love it. Your first mm-hmm. love, you went back to your first love, didn't you? I did, yes. <laughs> like, maybe not SEO wasn't my first love, but maybe it's my third love. <laughs> oh, well, my, what I meant, the writing. More than yes, absolutely. Else. No, you're absolutely right. That was my first love. <laughs> so I understand you've been published far and wide, newspapers, journals, books. Tell us about that. Well, yes, that makes it sound so good. <laughs> I personally, well, I personally, with my name, have only been published a little bit. Yeah, mostly industry writing back when I was lawyer and um, some journals, that kind of work. A few articles under my own name, but most of my work that's been published has been for other people. So, as a copywriter, I can write for anybody really, but it's their expertise that I'm writing. So while I might put the words together, it might be a psychologist or a parenting expert or someone who makes drapes, you know, and it's their skill and expertise that's coming out in the article and it's their name on the article. So 
together with my clients, we have been published in the New York Times, in the Wall Street Journal, in Forbes, uh, lots of glossies, Sydney Morning Herald. And that's such a win. I feel so good about that because, first of all, it's an excellent result for my clients. But, you know, it feels good also to just see your words out there, whether or not it's if it's not your expertise, that's okay. It's still a bit of my words, which I feel good about as well. Yeah, I think you should be very proud. It's still good. It is still good. It is still good. Just not downplay it. You wrote the words. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Someday someone will really want to know about SEO copywriting and then that'll go in the New York Times. And then you'll be famous. That's right. Famous. (laughs) Well, I mean, SEO isn't all the services you offer though, is it? You help write books and blogs like you've just talked about and a whole range of other wordy things. What are they? How do people work with you? Yeah, so if you have a business we can work together. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'll accept anybody. Um, no, I do tend to work with high performing, I guess, lack of a better word, clients who often have a complicated business that needs a, a little bit of interpretation from, from a jargony perspective into something a user wants to read. That's sort of one of the things that I work with, but I can do that in website articles, LinkedIn articles, brochures, white papers, capability statements. I've worked over the entire range of different things from the business perspective, but I do really love working on the books. And that's, I think, does go back to my first love, like you mentioned, because I I loved reading and loved writing my entire life. And the books that I'm working on really embrace that creative side a little bit more, although they're still mostly in the marketing realm. And um, I really enjoy that. And it's such fun to work with authors in that way. Um, And you've edited a few entrepreneurs' books. Why do you think entrepreneurs or business owners should write a book? Oh my gosh, it has such a great result. (laughs) Imagine, not only does it feel amazing to write a book, Imagine that feeling. I mean, I, think you, I don't need to imagine yeah, that you feeling. Do know. I've done that. Yes, <laughs> it feels amazing to have that book in your hand and and to be able to present it to someone, whether that's online or in person, and say, "Look at this book." It's just an incredible feeling. But beyond that, it, it does raise your brand awareness. It establishes your expertise. Um, you build up that trust and authority. People go, "Wow, they wrote a book," and it allows you to sort of have something physical as a lead magnet and just to generate business and to generate chitter chatter about who you are and what you're about. And it's just, there really is no downside. And people are afraid, often afraid to undertake such a big project. But I think my main job in that situation is to make it easy. And we find a way to work together to take their expertise and get it out on the paper. And it's always such a brilliant feeling in the end to have that to have that completed piece of work and I highly recommend it I really highly recommend it to anybody who has a business and some expertise to share yeah I think the scariest thing is trying to glue your bum to the seat to write the words out right and also the edits when you finish the book I had a client launch a book a couple of weeks ago and um we were laughing hers is like 60,000 words mine was only 25,000 um so a baby in both comparison. amazing both amazing well both, both <laughs> written uh, exactly and we, and we were laughing about the fact that when you finish writing you think oh that 
that's it. <laughs> and then the edits come back and you're like, oh, my goodness, we're going into round two and three and four and five. It's, and I, I personally find that quite painful. So you've got to make sure that you're working with someone who knows that you feel it's quite painful and is super patient with you on that. Yes, yeah. I think the editing process can be difficult emotionally, particularly when you've put your heart and soul into something and then someone comes along and goes, ah, maybe (laughs) think about doing it this way. It can be confronting. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think most of the authors I work with really have an outcome in mind. You know, they want to get the book finished. They want to have it out there to create that buzz and to further their business. And it's a little bit of a different perspective than maybe writing a memoir, which I have done a couple of those that can be quite heart wrenching in the in just in getting editing done. But I think most of the authors I work with are really results driven. And they just not that they do less, I don't mean that but that they're committed to just getting it out there, getting their thought leadership out on the table and letting people know this is what they're about. And that that makes the process, I think, a lot of fun and and move pretty quickly, really. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. And you work from home, I work from home as well. Was that a life by design choice or was it something that just happened for you? Do you love it? Do you hate it? What is it? Gosh, it just happened for me and I love it. I can't believe, I think, I remember when I, when I worked as a lawyer, I lived in New York City. I had a little tiny apartment in Soho and this beautiful little dog. I was single and it was just me and my dog. (laughs) And, And I would as often as I could, I would sneak, I was working incredibly long hours at that stage. I would sneak out and take my laptop and there was some kind of dongle that we used to use. I can't even remember. And you'd plug it in and you'd have all these passcodes, but you could get most of your, of your sort of information there. And then Jimmy a way to send it from your BlackBerry. Oh my gosh, I'm really aging myself. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But Jimmy a way to, you know, distribute it via your BlackBerry. And I would work from home in this tiny apartment, which was above a bar with my dog next to me. And I loved it. But at the time, I didn't really think we didn't have the same technology or capabilities that we have now. And I didn't really think it was an option. But when I started doing this, job. I really started it slow and gently. I just started taking on a few clients at once, you know, learning as I went along. And it was fantastic. And it's just always been from home. And I wouldn't change it. I now have a couple of junior copywriters and I have a VA and it's, you can do all of that from home. We just live in an amazing time to be able to do that. Some people don't like it, but we're lucky to have the choice if we want to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I love it. I love it. In fact, it takes a lot to get me out of home now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Someone's like, let's have a coffee meeting. You think, hmm. Maybe not. I presume. Let's grab a coffee here. <laughs> and tell me, why did you come over to Australia? Well, I had, um, at the time I was working at a law firm called Sidley Austin, and we were doing a lot of cross-border transactions. And I was working on a deal that was Westpac working some funding through the United States. And so we were working with Westpac in Sydney and they needed someone to come over and actually physically look at some documents to make sure they existed. <laughs> the thing, you know, the things, wow, so, yeah, yep. the things were actually what they said they were. And so they sent me and, and I came and I flew to Sydney and then I had to go to this warehouse facility in Adelaide. I walked in there and I met my husband. <laughs> oh, <I love laughs> the that. first person that I met 
walking through the doors has Wait, ended did you up. Know he was your husband? Did no, you know you're my husband. Oh. No, I didn't. No, he was just uh, you know some guy with a big smile. <laughs> um, but yeah, we it didn't obviously didn't take off from there. I went back to New York, and but we because the deal was going on, we had an ongoing sort of relationship, and so we kept talking, and then we met up, and then. One thing led to another, and here I am, fifteen years later. <laughs> Man, see, love, love makes the world go round. It really does, doesn't it? it? Makes you move countries, I guess. <laughs> no, but I, um, you know, Australia is my adopted country, and I adore living here. And I think Australians are some of the best people in the world. And this is just—I feel so lucky to live here, and so grateful every day. Oh, that's lovely. Well, you also live in Brizzy, so, you know, you get the sun a lot. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's quite sunny. Even though it's cold, it's quite sunny, yeah. I love it here. Cold is a continuum. I'm in Melbourne. It's seven. It's cold. <laughs> You're in Brizzy. Yes. It's probably 20 and cold. <laughs> yes, I think it's 21 today, and I'm going, ooh, I better put some socks on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on Team oh, with the Queen. What a blast. A Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. I'd love to come again. Please come again. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this episode of Tea with the Queen. If you want to contact me directly, all my details are at my website, emmamcqueen.com.au. I look forward to your company next episode. I'm Emma McQueen. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for coming. 